Hey everyone, welcome to the Sister Talks podcast. I'm Aniston. And I'm Alexandria, and we are the voices you hear behind your speakers. Before we get started, we just want to say thank you for tuning in with us. And you may be wondering, what exactly is this Sister Talks thing all about? Well, we are glad you asked. Everyone has that one person that they call when they need to have an open, honest conversation. These types of conversations inspired the creation of Sister Talks with Aniston and Alexandria. This podcast highlights the ups and downs of being a young black woman in today's society. Join us as we discuss everything from friendships to relationships, navigating the professional world as a young millennial, and the importance of both mental and physical wellness. We're not experts. We're just two sisters walking together on this journey called life. Hi guys, welcome to episode four of Sister Talks with Aniston and Alexandria. We are so glad to have you here with us in this episode. And tonight, our topic, which I think is a great topic, is the ins and outs of being black in professional settings. So today what we're going to talk about is like appearance in professional settings, your behavior in professional settings, um, how you interact with your coworkers, all that good stuff. That's what we're going to talk about this week. So if you're interested in hearing about the ins and outs of being black in professional settings, stay tuned for the rest of this episode because we also have a special, special, special guest, Mr. Justin Malone from Memphis, Tennessee, who will be joining us a little later in episode four. Yes. So, Anderson, tell us, <laughs> what, <laughs> what has been your experience, um, I guess, in a professional setting? Well, has it been a good experience? Has it been a negative experience? So I kind of feel like I am halfway in the professional world, halfway out, and I guess that's because I'm still in school. So yes, I do have my bachelor's of science degree, but I am currently in law school. For those who do not know, I'm in my third year, graduating in May. Turn up, it's lit. So that's a professional school. So to me, going to law school is like a job for the first two years that was my job but now in my third year I also go to school and I extern here where I live as well which is basically an internship I just receive course credit for it so I think my experience has been a little different especially also being in the legal profession but I think overall so far it's been a pretty good experience so I pretty much came into law school with the hope that I would just be myself, regardless of what I encountered. Um, In the beginning, it was a little nerve-wracking because my physical appearance is probably not what most lawyers look like in terms of the tattoos that I have. My hair is natural. I wear it pretty big with lots of volume. My hair is blonde. And the way I dress, although it's professional, it's less conservative in terms of the colors and styles of clothes that I wear. So... Um, I was a little nervous in the beginning, honestly, but I think for the most part, either I just don't notice any of the negativity that comes with it or I've tuned it out, but 
people have been pretty accepting. I've heard the same things that people always hear about, oh, you're going to have to wear long sleeves for the rest of your life and cover up all your tattoos and judges are not going to like that. And, oh, you can't wear a green suit or a burgundy suit. You need to have on black, gray or blue. And, you know, you're going to have to wear skirts. You can't wear pants. And I love a good pantsuit. You need to wear stockings. Like, no, I'm going to dress the way I want to make myself feel comfortable. And then if it becomes an issue and someone chooses to address that with me, then I'll deal with it then. So I think overall, I would say that it's been a good experience. I think that if you know who you are and you're comfortable with yourself, then a lot of the difficulty that you could have being black in a professional setting kind of just goes away because you're confident in who you are. I agree. I agree. Um, For me, it's... I don't really know how to describe it. It hasn't been a bad experience, but I have had to learn different lessons. Um, Not really lessons about myself, but really lessons about other people. Um, And how they feel and how they react to things. Um, Because technically, I don't still do the same things I do in undergrad, but for most, for the most part, I mean, I don't wear like yoga pants and sweatpants to work, but for the most part, you know, I'll change my hair every few weeks. I'll, you know, I wear colors. I beat my face to go to work. Like, I... it's the same thing um people have reacted negatively to it sometimes um like when I went from I had a short relaxed pixie cut and then I got a wig made and then I had (laughs) braids I had box braids and then I had those Senegalese twists and then I got a sew-in so like I mean it didn't happen you know at one time, but you know how hairstyles, you get one hairstyle and you get another one, people aren't used to that, so I did have to learn how to deal with other people and their reactions to what I choose to do with myself, um, but that's really the only thing, the only experience I've had thus far, I've only been working for almost two years, so I haven't had to deal with much, but I kind of have a hang, I have a hang on, you know, how to when people ask me questions, ask me dumb questions, or try to touch my hair, I kind of know how to deal with it now, so it's not really a ne- negative experience. It's just there. So, that's me. Okay, so now we are going to get into our conversation with Justin, our special guest for this episode. Sister Talks with Aniston and Alexandria. Today, we have a special guest. Um, We have Justin, who is with us. So, Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Justin Malone. I um, am originally from Memphis, Tennessee, but I've been living in Philadelphia for about six years. Went to the University of Pennsylvania. I work at Comcast as a strategy and operations analyst, but... That's, I'm not here specifically um, to talk about that, 
I would call that my nine to five, but also um, I have a life outside of work and that's my five to nine. So in my five to nine, I'm an entrepreneur, um, contributor and author as well. So specifically, I try to influence the culture and I want to do that through entrepreneurship. And I'm just and I want to motivate people through um, my entrepreneurial endeavors. And since I mentioned that I'm an author, I talk about that in my book, Take Control, Living Your Best Life in and Out of the Office. Well, it's great to have you, and we're excited about um, this conversation we're about to have. We're going to be, well, Anderson, do you want to tell them what we're going to talk about this week? (laughs) Yes, so... (laughs) As we mentioned before, this episode is about the ins and outs of being black in professional settings. And Justin, we think that you are the perfect person for this conversation. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about your experience thus far as a young black man in today's professional world? If I have to describe it in one sentence, I would just say it's very, very interesting (laughs) it's really interesting because when I'm in the workplace, sometimes I feel like people don't expect as much from me. Um, I think that's a double entendre one as a um, black person, but two as a black male, Um, you look at statistics, black women are doing much better um, education wise um, than black men. so in the workplace, I definitely feel at times that people don't expect as much from me. And when I do deliver, which is all the time, by the way, <laughs> but uh, when I, when I do deliver, sometimes I can, I can tell that people are surprised when they haven't really interacted with me before. So that's something that I would say I really see all of the time. And this is my second job out of school. So I see it. I see it sometimes in, in my current role, and also I sometimes saw it at my first job as well. So it's not. It's something that doesn't just run away. Yeah, I definitely think what you said at first about like basically people setting low expectations for you right out the gate. That's something for me, even in law school, that I've experienced. I feel like a lot of my classmates kind of underestimate my abilities, not only as a woman, but also as a black woman. So when I have different events on campus for the organizations that I'm a part of or a leader in, I think sometimes it catches them off guard. The fact that I started a newsletter at the school, like I think that caught them off guard. And there are just a lot of different instances where I could say, okay, I can tell that you really did not expect for me to be this great. So I think that is definitely true. Exactly. Alex, what about you? Do you think that you have experienced the same thing at work? Um, so for me, it's a little different. Um, I work at a company in Memphis. Uh, if you're from Memphis, you only have like three to pick from, so you can decide which one it is. Um, <laughs> but, I already know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But for me, um, my mother worked at this same company. So when I went in, this is my, this is my been my only job. Um, graduated. So when I went in, I kind of came in with the reputation from my mother. 
So for me, people expect a lot from me. They expect the same thing that they got from my mother. And so it's been a little bit different for me. Um, I've had to tell lots of people, you know, I'm not my mom. And what she gave you, I, it's going to be, I'm going to deliver, but it's not going to be, you know, exactly what she would have done. So mine's from a little bit of a different spectrum. I would assume if I would have went into somewhere where, um, that I was not familiar with, then maybe I would have had um, a similar experience to you all, but I haven't thus far. But wherever I go next, I might, because I can see it happening. That's interesting, though, that you that you mentioned that you that you didn't that you haven't felt uh, what Aniston and I have felt um, before um, in the workplace or like in school, because um, you I, I would say the key thing that you mentioned was that um, your mom um, works at that at the same company. So people mm-hmm. are familiar with you. It's kind of similar to um, our Caucasian counterparts who um, may have a family member who worked at the company or, like, a really good friend, always have that in, kind of like the um, the boys' club almost. So yeah. I feel, I feel like even though it's not to the same magnitude, it's, it's definitely interesting to hear you say that because I feel like for black people, um, most of the time in work environments, we're often one of few um, I know I'm a first generation college. I'm, I'm a first generation college graduate, so um, it's it's not like I had as many connections um, to different corporations and things like that as well. Um, but I definitely I definitely think that um, access is something that is a barrier um, for us as Black people, and mm-hmm. and also too I think. I really would say that. Mm, how can I say this? I would. I would say. I would say that's something that um, could play a big role in why the expectations are um, so low for Black people in the workplace. Yeah, it could because I see a lot of everybody knows each other. Um, everybody, like you said, the boys' club. That's like an action thing um so I I definitely agree with that yeah so what about just like appearance do you guys feel like you have to change your hair or dress a certain way like around the people that you work with you want to take that Um, (laughs) not everybody all in one (laughs) (laughs) um I I can kind of speak to that a little bit um for me personally, I do, uh, especially with the way I am built as a black woman. Uh, I can't wear everything everybody else wears. I remember one time, it was like in the middle of the winter, and a girl came in and she had on leggings and boots and like a little shirt. And I mean, she was she was a different shape. Um but she could, I guess she could wear that even though it really wasn't professional, but she could get away with that. But me, I, I, I can't get away with that. Um, especially being, I, I have natural hair. Um, I do sometimes wear, like I wear a bright red lipstick. I just, so I just can't do whatever I want to do. 
because uh, I've heard whispers before. Even people will go and they'll say they'll tell my they'll tell my mom we're in corporate America and they'll go and tell my mom, oh, I saw Alex on with the red lipstick. Oh, Alex changed her hair again. Like so, <laughs> I the appearance thing is a big deal for me. I have to look a certain way. So yeah, the the appearance thing. Um, it's a big deal for me specifically um, as of the quote-unquote reputation that I have at work um, and that my mother has at work. Um, people will go back and say, oh, Alex changed your hair. Oh, Alex did this. Alex did that. Um, it, it has, I feel like it has hindered me um, when I've interviewed for jobs or um interview for promotions within the company that I work for. So I think it's an important thing, especially being black in what we call corporate America. I agree with that. I would say for me, um, as a black man, just to be honest, I don't think I have to think about it as much. Um, I don't think that's fair, but that's corporate America. I would say for me, I have like, in in regards to my hair, um, I have curly hair. Um, it hasn't been a big deal at all that I've worked with so far. Um, I try to stay. I try to manage it. Sometimes it kind of gets kind of wild, but it hasn't been a hindrance at all in regards to uh, my appearance outside of uh, my hair. I would say um, I don't think uh, too much. Like I was saying for men. Um, we basically wear the same thing every day. It's, yeah, it's just slacks or um, chinos and a polo shirt or um, like a button-up. So for me, it's more so just business cash, business professional. I kind of dress that way anyway, so and it, so it's not a big deal for me. And I would say specifically what I do that I'm not sure if some people um, dislike but I do get a lot of compliments um, on my floor. Just I add my little touches. Like I come with my with my socks matching my shirt, different things like that. That's who I am as a person. So I definitely try to have my hints of who I am um, in my to my appearance, even in corporate America, because I think that's an important part of, um, of who I am. I think it's important for people to be able to bring their full self to work. I know a lot of people can't do that, but even if you can't, um, try to bring as much of yourself um, as you can. Yeah, I think for me personally, I guess it's different for me in this aspect because I'm in law school, but even at my externship, I think that I'm not really like self-conscious about my parents. I've been natural since high school, so... I'm pretty comfortable with my hair. Um, and then with my style of dress, I'm pretty comfortable with that too. I think I've developed my own style. So I kind of just try to be as authentic as I can. But what I've noticed is that people will ask me a lot of questions. Like I get a lot of questions about my hair. A lot of people want to touch my hair. If I change my hairstyle, like Alex mentioned, then that like shocks people and they're like, how did you do that? Is that your hair? Or they think it's appropriate to comment about which style they prefer or things like that. And then 
um, usually for like clothes and stuff, I usually always get compliments on the way I dress. I'm not sure if I've ever had any like negative feedback about my style of dress. I know I've had to kind of be a little bit more conservative than I usually am, though, um, being in the legal profession, especially because I have tattoos. And in the city where I live, the legal community is very conservative. So although at school, you know, I can wear whatever, my tattoos are usually out at my externship, my job, my tattoos are usually out. When I go to court for hearings, for different things, I usually do not have any visible tattoos um, unless it's just the one on my feet because that tends to be frowned upon, I guess. So I think that would be the most kickback that I've received would be about my tattoos. But I kind of just don't think about it too much. It is what it is. My tattoos aren't going anywhere. My hair hair is not going anywhere. The way I dress is not. So I just try to make people feel more comfortable with it because I'm already comfortable. So I'll just try to ease in. Like, I think the best thing is to test the waters out. Like when you get to a new place, kind of just test it out and see what you can get away with. And then that'll tell you like, okay, well, I can wear skirts or maybe I should wear pants or I can wear heels or maybe I should wear flats. Maybe I should wear a tie. You know, I think you kind of figure that out along the way. But see, I think it's so unfortunate that we have to feel it out because I don't think other people have to feel it out. Like, when I, so I'm, I'm natural, but I have like a short fro thing and I dyed it, it's like a light brown. It's not even blonde. And everybody was in a frenzy. They were like, oh my gosh. You know, I even got, how did you do that? Girl, dyed just like yours. Like, um, <laughs> but you know, when, when somebody else, when my Caucasian counterparts, when they get highlights, when they dye their hair black for the winter, when they do that, nobody asks them questions. Nobody's curious. Like, I just think it's it's unfortunate that, you know, we have to feel it out or even when I change my hairstyle, I go through a whole process. I have to ask, I ask some of my coworkers, I ask some of my mentors. Like, I don't think other people have to think about that necessarily when they change their hair. Or when they want to make a, a change to their appearance, um, I just think it's interesting that you know we do have to sometimes ease into things. We just can't do it. I say just do it. I say if you want to dye your hair blue, dye it blue. If you want to dye it green, dye it green. If you want to wear some kind of crazy outfit with a lot of colors, like do it. The worst that can happen is someone say, "Hey." That's not really what we want. <laughs> and then you change it afterwards. But Do you think that if you do just do it, you kind of create or it takes away from, I guess, how you contribute, you know, in your actual work? Um, even though, like, we know that your hair color has nothing to do with, with, with what's going on inside your head, do you think that people around you might think, oh, well, she can't wear blue hair, so I know she's not dependable, or I know she can't get this project done? I think that it creates an opportunity for you to prove people wrong. So, no, so I really wouldn't, like... I have never had super red hair, like the Raggedy Ann, McDonald's kind of hair. Like, I would never dye my hair that color. And if I dyed my hair that color and went to work 
I would definitely be a little self-conscious. But I think that, like, so my hair is blonde. It's it's a two-tone blonde color, which is very unconservative, especially in the legal profession. And some of my Caucasian classmates have said that they've been told by other Caucasian people that as a blonde, they should dye their hair a darker color. No one's ever said that to me, but I would just do it because my hair is blonde, so I just... I want to be blonde, so I dye my hair blonde. And then I just prove people wrong. Like, okay, well, you think that, like, I can't have this color hair or have this big afro and still kill you in the courtroom? Okay, well, let me show you. And the curls will still be popping throughout the entire experience. Like, I think you have to pick and choose, though. Like, so I really would not go dye my hair like McDonald Red and go to work. Like, I just would not. I don't think, to me... No, but I mean, hey, yellow. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) what about um, like behavior? Do you guys think that you have? So, oh, I know the most common thing I've heard is that I talk like a white girl and that comment is not meant to be offensive to anyone listening to our episode but that's literally what people tell me so I wonder do you guys feel like you speak a certain way when you're at work and then speak a certain way at home or like act a certain way at work and act a certain way at home yes and no so I say yes because I won't say everything um that I would say at home I won't do everything that I would do at home. And by the way, when I'm saying I won't say everything and I won't do everything that I would do at home, it's not like the things I'm doing at home are bad. It's just more so isn't considered, I guess, corporate America stuff. So, for example, I won't use Ebonics at work, but Ebonics are so natural it's so natural to me that when I'm not at work I'm using the bunnies I know how to speak um proper English but that's just natural to me it's not like every word is ebonics but I won't do that at work um in regards to my actions I would say sometimes I don't feel like I could be a hundred percent me at work I might feel like I could be eighty percent or 90%. It's more so of me not necessarily changing my behavior. It's uh, more so of me not showing my full self. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a change. It's more so just me not showing showcasing the full Justin. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What they call it? We call it I think they call it what is it? Code switching. I think that's when like you go from not one personality to the other, but like it's when you, I think it's when you act one way at work or in front of certain people, and then you act a different way in front of other people. But I do like the way you worded it. It's not that you're acting differently, but you don't. You're not your full self. You're just like half yourself. Exactly. <laughs> See, I I code switch. I will. I talk to people at work differently um, than I talk to like. My friends and my family. Um, I've been told I, I sometimes I speak harshly, um, and that kind of comes out a little bit more at work. 
because I'm, I might be a little bit more demanding at work than I am in, I guess, my personal life. Um, so my thing does change. Uh, even if I'm at work, like, if my if somebody calls me and I'm at my desk, my coworkers will be like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, I'm talking to my friend, but then when I talk to you, it's like a different person. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I change my behavior quite frequently sometimes. See, I think for me, um, I I'm struggling with the whole like be your authentic, most you know true self or truest self, and be professional because I think there's a certain demeanor that you have to show in a professional setting, like you're not going to put your feet up on your desk at work, which some people do actually, now that I'm saying this out loud, but typically most people aren't going to just take their shoes off and put their feet on their desk at work, you know, just for an example. So I wonder like, is it even that big of a deal that there are some behaviors that you have at work that you don't have at home and vice versa? So like for me in class, I'm pretty much the same person in class as I am at home I pretty much say the same things because that's class but when I'm at work of course I don't use like ebonics or slang um or like phrases from Memphis because you know we pretty much have our own language so I don't use like those (laughs) I don't use those in conversation but I still try to find a way to be myself just a little bit more polished not that I'm just like this ratchet person at home but I think you kind of have to polish yourself up a little bit, polish your words up a little bit when you're around other people. So, but I wonder, like I said, if it's even that big of a deal or is that something that's abnormal? Like I'm sure other people do the same thing that we do. Hmm? I'm sorry. That we do. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, now that I'm thinking about it, it might be like a personality thing because you know, we all have different opinions, but me personally, I don't want, I'm trying to say this in a nice way, except that I don't want them to get to know me, because, you know, I do, that's how people work together, they feel comfortable with each other, but I'm very adamant about keeping my professional and personal life separate, so I don't, I don't want to talk to them in slang, I don't want to, I don't know, talk to them how I talk to my friends or my mom or my my dad or my family. Like you're not my, you're not my family. You're my my coworker. So I, I guess I personally code switch because I do want to keep them separate and I want, I want people to understand that they're separate. Um, (laughs) cause I, I know, you know, networking and that's all great. You want people to get to know your personality. And I have a work personality, and people know that work personality. That's fine. But Alex, my friends know Alex. My family knows Alex. And that's how I like to. Because some stuff that I do in my personal life, people at work don't need to know about. They don't need to know what's going on, you know, at my house and how I act. And they just need to know my professional self. That's it. So I think that's, it might be a personality thing. Oh, so speaking of like this whole level of trans, well, I don't want to say transparency because transparency is a good thing. So this whole, um, not being too personal at work, that's, that's a better way to put, put it. How do you guys straddle between being transparent 
and also being private with your coworkers. Because I've heard, and I try to look at it the same way, is that like nine times out of ten, you're not going to be friends with your coworkers. They're your coworkers. You're there to get a job done, and that's it. Like typically, those are not your friends. Sometimes you do form friendships with them, but I think those friendships are a lot different than your personal friendships. So. Um, I don't remember what my question was now, unless y'all do, but like, how do you, yeah, how do you straddle between not being too personal, not being too private? I would say this is my favorite, this is my favorite question so far, because (laughs) this is, this is something I think about all the time. This is something that I know that a lot of millennials, not even just like a black, black person thing, but millennials think about a lot in general with social media, a lot of coworkers want to be your friend on uh, various social media platforms and things like that. You have people with two Twitters, you know, one for like work and their professional self, and then the one where they actually share what they really care about and are ratchet and things like that. <laughs> but for me, um, I would I would say I would say for me, I used to be that person that will always run away from um people at work knowing about my personal life i feel like there's boundaries there's some there's there's a lot of things that i don't want them to even know about or think about or associate uh, me with um however um i have gotten to the point where i started to not care as much because i'm kind of i'm kind of in this rebellion phase where i'm just like I want people at work to just kind of know who I am, and I want people um, who don't work with me, who follow me on whatever social media platforms to just know who I am as well, because how can I really just promote the personal brand that I'm trying to build um, if I'm not able to be as much of myself as possible? I don't want to feel like for eight plus hours out out of the day, I have to be quote-unquote fake or be super sheltered or not be able to open up about anything because if something's going on in my life or something's important going on outside of um, my nine-to-five, I definitely do want to be able to talk about it if it is outside of the realm of things that I'm just like I will not talk about. At work, but if it if it if it fits into the, those boundaries, then I'm not going to talk about it. But I'm kind of I, I would definitely say I'm just like get it. You guys can see it. I'm actually accepting all my coworkers on be like yo. I'm all about like black people, even though I might not talk about it at work because I'm the only black analyst. How can I talk about black people to people who aren't black? But I, I want them to be able to see that too because I want them to, to at least feel. Like they could come to me and talk to me about issues um, that I'm talking about, whether they do or not. I just want them to know that like these are things that I'm aware of and I'm not aloof. Hmm. Yeah, I'm struggling with that. Like, so we all blog and are building our own personal brands, and I struggle with like, do I mention my website and my blog and? this podcast to my classmates when I like share this stuff on Facebook, do I like change my privacy settings? 
You know, like I'm really struggling with that. So right now, and if any of my classmates are listening to this episode, then the secret is out. But I have like different lists on Facebook and I will share different things with different people. So I have a list where majority of my classmates are on. And when I post something about my blog, typically they can't see it. And I've been debating with myself internally, like, A, is that fair to me? And then B, like, why do I feel the need to hide that from them? I can chime in on that. So um, I was in your same boat before I released my book. Mm-hmm. So I would not tell my my coworkers at all about the things I'm working on. I was very private. Um, sometimes they invite me to happy hour. I'm like, if you guys don't tell me at least two days in advance, I'm not going to be there. I'm always like, I have to go to this meeting. I have to go to that meeting. They used to just always be like, what are you doing? And I was so secretive. And then when I, re- when I released my book, I was just like, why be secretive about this? I should let my coworkers know about my book. I should let my coworkers know about my website to let my coworkers know about like the different things that I'm trying to do because who knows, they may know someone um, who has more experience and more expertise than I do that they can connect me with. If I'm selling something, um, they may want to buy or they may put me in contact with someone who can buy a lot. Like, like I could use myself as an example. I made the decision to tell my coworkers about my book the day it dropped. And when I walked into work that day, I didn't know I was going to tell them until one, one of my coworkers walked by my desk, just asked me how I was doing. And because I was so happy that my book uh, was coming out that day, I was just like, so I just released this book. And the first thing she did um, that I told her that was reach out to the university relations team and my company a week later, I was speaking to the interns about my book and everything. So I was, I had a platform to talk and speak. Um, she also bought every intern who was at that, at that, um, that talk, a book as well. So that was actually the most copies that one person bought at a time. And that made up, I would say probably a fourth of my total sales so far. So what I'm saying is you not telling your class, I'm not saying you need to tell all of them, but you not telling um, some of your classmates about what you're working on is you basically just saying, I'm limiting the opportunities to just get the word out about what I'm trying to do. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, so I do saying, and... I do agree. Um, so like with, you know, the podcast or if I blog something or if I post a blog, I'm sorry. Um, I, I just send it out there. Whoever wants to see it can see it. Um, I have had people that come up and be like, oh, your blog is awesome, blah, 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 or oh, this really helps me. And I've gotten feedback from people that work. Um, but I think it just depends. It depends on what it is because I know like if it's something like the podcast or like a, like the blog or if it's just Facebook and I'm just reposting something, a lot of times I am, 
cautious as to what it is that I put out there because I don't have any, I don't have any control. Like I don't have any lists on Facebook. My Facebook is private, but I do have coworkers as friends. You know, if they really wanted to show somebody, they could see it. Um, so I, I am kind of cautious. I remember when I reposted something about Trump and one of my coworkers actually came to my desk and she was like, do you really feel that way? It was, well, because we all know Trump. He, mm-mm. And she was like, do you really feel that way? And I was like, girl, yes. And she was like, oh. And, and she started treating me differently. And that's when I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to kind of think about what I post before I post it. But well, that's not, like that. that. Alex, that's not somebody that you need to be associating with anyway. Like, if sorry. <laughs> In this day and age, like, we know that that's just not, no. I mean, yeah, but... She's, she's my coworker. I have to, I can't be like, well, I can't work with you because you didn't like what I put on Facebook. Yeah, you, you're still gonna have to work with her. But I'm saying the fact that she like started treating you differently to me that says more about her than that says about you and your Facebook post. Because at the end of the day, people have different political views, religious views, cultural views, all of that, and. I think we all know in reality that we don't all feel the same way about everything. And a lot of my classmates support Trump. I don't. And I make it clear that if you support him, then I'm going to give you the side eye until you explain to me and convince me, you know, why or he's out of office or whatever the case may be. But I know that I have to treat you I guess differently. I guess the same way she treated you differently is <laughs> the same way. Now I'm looking at it, but I think, I think you can still work with her, or she should be able to still work with you and respect the fact that your political views are different than hers. And I really don't think that you have to treat her differently. You treat her with the same respect because, like you said, she is a coworker. But you just know, like, mm-mm. no. <laughs> Yes, yeah. So, but okay. But then again, if it's like if it's something ratchet, like I went I went out of town last week on Snapchat and I had to block a few people, you know, a few of my coworkers because I just I just feel like I should be able to live my live my greatest life on vacation and they shouldn't have to, they shouldn't have anything to do with that. So for me, it just depends on what I'm posting and what I'm doing. If it's something with my brand or, you know, just a Facebook post or a tweet, it's whatever. But if I'm doing something that I don't want somebody to know about that shouldn't know about it, like a coworker, then, you know, I might go ahead and put them on a list or put them somewhere, put them away for a little while, you know, so they don't see what they don't need to see. Well, yeah, Snapchat, though, is a completely different thing. Like, I'm very selective about who I add on Snapchat because I'm a lot... Well, I used to be. I'm not as active on Snapchat as I used to be. But previously, like, I would post a whole lot of stuff on Snapchat. And I don't want my classmates that I'm not actually friends with outside of school seeing what I do on an everyday basis at home or seeing, you know, me having fun on vacation in whichever way I choose. So I just don't add them on Snapchat. And I haven't had anyone ask me about it, but people pretty much know that A, I will block you. B, <laughs> B, I will not add you. 
And that's just what it is. Like, I, I try to make it where people don't take it personal, but for Snapchat, I'm very selective about that. Like, no, I think for Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, I try to keep everything pretty close to my brand and the image that I'm trying to portray for my brand while still being authentic. But I'm careful about not like doing a whole bunch of cursing and acting a fool on those platforms. But for Snapchat, Oh, no. Like, if, if I don't talk to you outside of school or if I work with you, like where I work now, we're not friends on Snapchat. We, we just aren't. That's real. Nope. So, okay, so one more question before we start wrapping up tonight's episode. Justin, can you give our audience some tips for success on being black in professional settings? Um, I would say a tip of success, mm, being black, I would say this is larger than being black, but definitely, um, definitely if you're black, I would say um, step one is just really just knowing yourself and being comfortable with who you are. Um, I think that's something that um, a lot of people struggle with, but I definitely think um we as black people struggle with that because it's a constant battle of, oh, I want to do this, but I'm here. People expect this from me. Um, you have some people expecting things that are really, really high of you that you're just like, can I reach that? You have other people saying you're not really anything. It's more so if you're just hearing everybody else kind of tell you who you are versus you defining it yourself. So just knowing who you are and knowing who you are from a journey standpoint rather than um, a destination standpoint, just being 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 able to realize that just becoming your authentic self is a process. Um, I say that's step one um, to being successful um, in the professional world for long term success um, and definitely as a black person. I would say um, step two, um, we already talked about a little bit, but um, building a personal brand um, in, the, in your workplace. I just I really think it's important to be able to have people rave about you and your work, your personality and what you bring to the team. What's your value add to the team? What is your intangible? What is that thing that you're known for? And um, lastly, I would say um, always try to give more value than you expect to receive because if you're always giving out more value than you expect to receive if you do the other two things of knowing who you are and also having a personal brand i i I personally think that um you can go as far as your mind is willing to take you wow i think that was some really good advice really good advice Yes, it actually helped me, you know, I gotta go to work tomorrow, I'm gonna try it. So, um, is there anything else that you want to tell us about your book, you know, where can our listeners find you, where can our listeners purchase your book, if they, you know, choose to do so, just let us know. Okay, so the book, once again, is called Take Control, Living Your Best Life, In and Out of the Office, right now. You can buy the ebook on Amazon.com. So you can just easily um, type in, take control, living your best life in and out of the office on Amazon. 
Or you can visit my website and buy the book from there. And my website is much simpler than probably trying to find it on Amazon. But that's justinmalone.me, justinmalone.me. And if you want a physical copy of the books, so this is the first time I'm sharing this publicly anywhere. Ooh, I'm going to re-release. Scoop. We got the yeah. scoop. <laughs> <laughs> you all have the scoop. So um, I don't. I haven't set a release date for it. I'm anticipating um, to drop a physical copy of the book within the next four to six weeks. Um, that you can order that from Amazon as well. You'll be able to order that from my website as well. Um, I would say just constantly check in. You can go to my website, subscribe um, to it as well. I can definitely keep you posted on when I'm going to release the physical copy. And yeah, that's 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 really it. The real reason that I want to re-release the book as a physical copy as well as an ebook is as I think the book is a powerful book. However, I do believe that my marketing for the book, the first go round, wasn't as strong as it could have been. So I feel like the physical book is a opportunity to get another at bat. Um, I'm a firm believer of um, the startup mantra of um, fail fast, and then if you constantly fail, you can and eventually find a solution. So I found that my marketing was the chink in my armor, um, the chink in my attack. When I first released the book, so I want to do it again and hope that we can have an even better um, release of the book. So definitely check it out. And that's what I kind of talk about in my book as well. I mainly talk about just how you can just be the best you um, in the workplace and also outside of the workplace as well. So, yeah. Okay. So what about your Instagram, your Twitter? Okay. Um, so I'll do Instagram and Facebook and then I'll do Twitter. So for Instagram and Facebook, you can follow me at j.malone92. That's j.malone92. And on Twitter, you can follow me at Malone Justin. Awesome. Thank you, Justin. So we will be sure to have all of this information in the description box of this episode so there will be clickable links for our audience so that they can easily access your website the book on amazon and your um social media platforms and we are so grateful that you took time out of your busy busy schedule your nine to five and your five to nine to be a part of our sister talks with aniston and alexandria episode thank you so much i appreciate you thank you It was great being on the show. Yay. for listening. Um, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode with our special guest. Um, Before we go... Uh, We do have three pearls of wisdom, just like always, to give you all to kind of think about um, after the episode. So I'll go ahead and start. So my first pearl of wisdom is do you. um, 
as you heard before, as we as we said before, you know, be yourself. If if you want to do something, go ahead and do it. Um, the worst anybody can do is tell you, like Anderson said, is tell you we don't like that here. And then you might have to do something else, or you might you might not. But do you and do what's comfortable for you. Um, I'm learning to just do what's comfortable for me because you don't want to be uncomfortable you know, 40 hours out of the week or however many hours you work. Um, my second pearl of wisdom is kind of gauge your coworkers and your leadership, um, which earlier I said, you know, it's unfortunate that we do have to gauge, you know, who's around us um, when we make certain decisions in the workplace, but it's a reality um, and you need to know how to do that. So gauge, you know, the people around you, gauge how they function, figure out, you know, how everybody works, you know, if everybody wears jeans every day, go ahead and wear jeans every day. If everybody's wearing a three-piece suit, you know, you might have to walk around like Jadena for a while. So, <laughs> Not Jadena! <laughs> so, you know, just kind of understand your surroundings and know what's going on around you. And um, my third pearl of wisdom, which is a little random, but it's Leave the political and religious talk at home. Just just don't bring it to work with you. Don't put it in your bag. Don't unload it at work, at your desk. If you if you go to lunch with the coworkers and y'all want to talk about it, that's fine. But I've been put into too many awkward um, conversations, awkward situations with people who want to talk about their religious views and their political views. Um, at the company I work with, we are very good, for the most part, um, at kind of leaving what's happening in the outside world out. But whenever it does trickle in, it trickles in. It's, 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 it pours. So, you know, just kind of leave that outside unless, you know, y'all want to go outside and talk about it. That's fine, but just don't bring it to my desk. So those are my three pearls of wisdom. What about you, Anston? <laughs> I'm still stuck on this Jadena. So my three pearls of wisdom are, number one, be transparent. I think that's the biggest thing that I've taken from this episode is that it's better to just be transparent. You never know how you could potentially be limiting yourself by not sharing certain aspects with you with with you by sharing certain aspects of yourself in your professional setting but also do so with caution and know that you can't share everything but you can share some things and pearl of wisdom number two would have to be just go for it like just go for it whatever it is that you want to wear however it is you want to wear your hair what kind of makeup like just go for it. I think, you know, we've mentioned that before. Just just go for it. And then if it doesn't work out, A, maybe that's not the place that you need to work. So maybe you should work on securing a different bag. But B, you might be surprised at the barriers that you can break by exposing other people to our culture. Pearl of Wisdom number three would be Always know that you are the best. Like, I think being black is a blessing. We're automatically lit just at birth. 
So if you go to work and and behave in your professional settings as if you're lit and the best out there, then your performance is going to be great. People are going to respect you regardless of your skin color. You know, like you'll just feel that much better about how you are in your professional setting. So just be lit. Embrace the litness. It's litty. Litty. Yes, Melanin. <laughs> so thanks, guys. We are wrapping up episode four. Stay tuned for episode five and whatever tricks and surprises that Sister Talks has in store for you. We appreciate you and we out.